many people that we see online are teaching steps one, two, three, and four. But if ground zero is not there, these things don't matter. Or if you start doing these things and you may spend time doing these things, Jay, why am I not getting results with, with this? Jay, I keep creating these opt-ins. I'm spending all this time making these PDFs. Why is nobody opting in? Jay, I'm creating all this content on Facebook and posting on Instagram. I am everywhere on social media. Why is that not attracting clients who want to pay for me? Then I go back and ask, how does your ground zero look? Great day, great day. You are listening to the Jerisha Said Podcast, episode 70. Having the courage to start your own business and actually sell your consulting services online can be tough. Look, it may not be easy, but it can be simple. In each episode, we take a deep dive into one core growth strategy so you can gain a solid understanding of what's required to serve your clients, sell your services, and scale your consulting business online. All you have to do is listen to what Jerisha said. So if you are ready for a transparent, I'm talking all the way real, edge snatching strategies, grab your castor oil and keep listening. I am your host, former engineer, turned online high ticket sales coach, Jerisha Hawk. Today's episode was brought to you by Acuity Scheduling. Meet the personal assistant for your schedule, only better. That works 24-7 behind the scenes to fill your calendar and take work off your plate. From the moment clients book with you, Acuity is there to automatically send branded and customized booking confirmations, deliver text reminders, and it also lets clients reschedule on their own and process payments so your day-to-day runs smoother even as your business gets busier. All you need to do is just show up at the right time and visit acuityscheduling.com backslash Hawk Hustle to get your free 45-day trial right now. Visit acuityscheduling.com backslash Hawk Hustle to get your free trial today. I want us to talk about the difference between working in your business versus working on your business. Uh, I was talking about this recently on my Instagram stories about how I plan my day, about different things that I'm doing within my business um, to be more effective when it comes to, you know, actually getting stuff done and getting the results that, you know, we we ultimately desire. Um, And you know, I, I always talk about, and this is something that I share with my students all the time, something that I know I've mentioned here um, a handful of times, is that it is so important for you to plan the process, not to just, and you need to plan the result, but you need to more importantly plan the process. And I want to talk about what that actually means. Um, a few of you guys have been engaging on my Instagram story. So like, shout out to y'all for sliding in the DMs and actually responding to the polls and the questions on the story because you taking the time to do some reflective and introspective work about uh, where does your gaps are and what like there's and what are the things that you need to be doing behind closed doors when the you know the camera's not on when you're in your yoga pants like when you're straight thugging it out getting work done how does your time need to look like and what do you need to be actually doing um, to best leverage the time that you have to get the results that you want so I hope this topic is. Um, well, one, it will be beneficial. This will be really, really helpful for many of you. So if you're on right now or catching this in the replay, feel free to pop in the comments and say, hey, let me know you're here. Uh, I see Malene. I see Crystal. I see Jocelyn. I see Kelsey. I see DT in the building. Jasmine Cooper. Carol. 
Ashley, I see a ton of my students on here, which you guys are, um, you know, the best. Uh, Tierra's on. Okay. So, and, and if you guys have any questions, clarifying questions, do not be a passive participant. If you are new to me, um, know that I am not just about motivating you and inspiring you. The biggest reward or the biggest compliment that I can receive from an individual like you, that the biggest gift that you can give me is by taking action. Um, that's really why I make all of my content. I, I want you the things that we talk about here to help you move, to help you implement, to help you execute. So if there is something that we're talking about today or that you've heard me say, and you're like, Jay, can you clarify that? Can you specify that? Can you help me, you know, connect the dots between what you're saying and what my situation is? Speak up, right? So pop in the comments and let me know if you have any questions. So the first thing I want us to talk about is the difference between working in your business and the difference between working on your business. Um, and I'm curious to know, and jot this down in the chat too, when you say, when you think of, I'm going to be working on my business today, what tasks or activities come to mind for you? This was something that one of, uh, one of you guys, one of the Hawk Coastal crew members slid in my DMs and said, Jay, you talk a lot about this working in your business, on your business. I, I hear what you're saying, but like, I don't understand exactly what that means. How do I know which tasks are what? And I think when you're working on your business, this is that like, this is time that you should be making. That's when you're doing your strategic planning. That's when you're sitting down and think, like reflecting on what has already happened and what changes need to be made in order for you to move forward. Working on your business is strategic planning. It is goal setting. It is your personal development. Working on your business is learning the skill sets that you need to close the gaps. Working on your business is, um, you know, the, the, the training that you give to your employees or onboarding new team members or delegating tasks. Like that's working on the business. Like that's more of like the operational. And I would say more of the operational and the vision planning. Okay. That's like the, the larger picture type of stuff. And what are like the big pieces that you need to move or that you need to have in place in order to, to get the boat moving. Um, Monique, I think the things that you just mentioned in sales and marketing, that's working in the business, right? I think sales can be working on the business too, depending on what type of sales that you're doing and also what stage of business that you're in. But I said the things of working in the business are like the day-to-day -day tactical, responding to email, um, following up on comments in your social media, posting on social media, doing this Facebook live and you working in the business today. You know, if I were creating a content plan or creating a strategy about what my content might be, that's working on the business. Working in the business are the, the tasks that you have to get done to execute that on the business thinking that you already did. Does that make sense? So as a business owner, and this is something that I think is everything I'm talking about with you guys today are skill sets that you have to develop so you can actually build up your endurance to have stamina to do these things consistently. None of us have this naturally. None of us just come out of the gate running a business where we just understand the differences between all of this, like with no with no issues. Like these are skill sets that you have to um, develop over time and you have to build up your endurance and your, you know, j just your knowledge based on how to do these things effectively. So that's really how I look at the difference between working on the business and working in the business. So just throw some hearts up on the screen or give me a thumbs up if that makes sense. 
I mean, if there's any questions about that, let me know. So one thing I think that's difficult um, and a huge learning curve is when you're coming from a traditional work environment, even if you were a manager, even if you were a leader in that work environment or in that job that you came from, many of us, the place of employment that we came from before we started our business, we worked in the business. We were individual contributors. You may have been running and leading a small team. Um, Maybe you weren't responsible for some of the planning and some of the the planning for your department, maybe. Um, But unless you were like an executive, a high level up manager, a leader in your department or in the C-suite, many of us weren't working on the business. So if you're used to being in an environment where you're an employee, where somebody else is doing on the, all, all of the on the business thinking, that's a huge skill set that you have to learn now that, you, that, that, that does not necessarily come natural to everybody or come as easy to everybody um, when they start to run their own business. Many of us know how to be doers because most of us come from an environment where we've had to do all the doing. And many of us, when you first start your business, you're the only one doing it. Like you don't have a team. You, you maybe have contractors, but those contractors aren't dedicated or um, fully committed to your business. So there's still things that you have to do. So you're kind of juggling these two roles of implementing and executing and like doing all doing things in the business, you know, responding to emails. Um, you know, I, I know uh, Mickey said earlier, you know, bookkeeping. I would think bookkeeping is still in the business. If you're making strategic decisions about your finances, I'd say that's on the business. But like the doing the day, like doing the work of like going through your numbers and consolidating your, your balance sheet and figuring out what your income and expenses were. I think that's in the business. On the business is now that I have that data, how am I analyzing that data? How am I making projections? based off of that data how is this data now informing my decision making process and that time that you're just thinking that stuff through that's on the business stuff so um, it's important that now you are that you're a ceo maybe you're full-time in your business i know about half of my audience is full-time in their business and growing their business and the other half of you guys are you're building your business on the side of your job so you can get to a place maybe where you're full-time or maybe not. Um, it's really important for you to make sure that when you're planning your schedule out, that you're making time to work in the business, but you're also giving time to working on the business, doing more of that strategic thinking, doing more of that um, strategic planning, doing more of that analysis, reflection, um, projections, uh, you know, goal setting, like those Two buckets are very, very important. And what I notice from a lot of my students and just a lot of business owners, period, in the beginning stages, you're juggling both of these roles, but many of us don't take the time to work on the business and actually intentionally carve out space to do those things. So I feel like I just said a lot. Um, Just want to quickly check in what's landing for you, what's resonating for you, kind of, is this making sense? Like, I just want to make sure we have clarity around this base level thing of working in the business, on the business, the difference between the two, and why it can be a bit of a challenge um, for many of us when we're in the process of starting our business and building our business to, to juggle between those two hats. How do you... How do we do that concretely? Right now, I am working on the business, but failing to work in because I have not niched down my offer. Yeah. And so, okay, got it. That makes sense. So I want to go back to the question that Melanie just asked, because I think that's a really good question. Or is it Malene? Um, feel free to, I need to figure out how to, so sorry if I say your name wrong, but how do you, 
you have to, there's things that your, your business is going to operate in seasons. So Malene, you may be in a season where it's more important for you. And we'll talk about this too. How do you now de- shift up your time? And when does it make sense to, to shift your focus? You may be in a season right now where it's important for you to give more of the time that you have available to working on the business. Because if you do not have a clear offer and you do not know how to close, nothing else matters. And that brings me up a really good point of like, what are the four areas where your time should be spent right now in your business? Like this is guys, you might want to watch the replay of this. This is definitely an episode to take some notes on. Um, cause this will help you develop and sharpen your CEO thinking process. And I, I just think so many of us, we glorify the front facing aspects of business. Oh, she's traveling. Oh, she's cute. She just got a new wig. She's speaking on stage. Like all that fun, you know, she just got featured in Forbes. Um, it, all those things. Those are fun and cute, but there are all these soft skills that have to be refined and developed and, um, you know, stretched and worked out that happen behind the scenes that allow you to show up at your best. And if you're not developing the soft skills behind the scenes of, uh, you know, what we're talking about now, you will never, like, you will have a very difficult time shining when, when the lights do come on, when you do get on the stage, right? So these are the, like, the more of like the softer skill type of stuff that isn't as sexy, isn't as broadcasted, you know, it look as rough as I do right now, but it is like the nitty gritty work that that's the stuff that, like it's all the preparation that happens before you get to, to you know, present on stage, right? So going back to uh, Malene's question about, okay, Jay, what are the, I'm working on the business right now. I feel like I can't work in the business because I need to get these things down. I want to break down what are the four key areas that you should be spending your time on. Um, and then based off of what season and business you're in and based off of what's a biggest priority for you right now, these four things, your time allocation between these four things will shift. Okay. So the first thing is, um, well, I'm going to say the four things and I'm going to explain them. Okay. So the four areas where you should be spending your time on, whether it's you doing this, whether you have an automated system that does this for you, or whether you have delegated this to a team member to do it with you, um, is attracting new clients. So lead attraction, you know, how are you going to get more people to see that you exist and, and draw in qualified leads? So attracting, attract. Second is convert. Now that you have these leads that you have attracted, how do we now, act, this is the process of actually selling. Like, how do we now close the client? How do we get paid? Um, the, then it's like deliver. Now that I've attracted these leads, I've converted these leads. How do I now, de- now deliver this thing that they just bought for me to the point where I'm getting them consistent results? And then after that, it's growth. And I intentionally say growth and not scale because I don't, most of us watching this right now, none of us are in a season of scaling. I'm not even in a season of scaling. Um, I'm in a season of growth. So many of us just need to focus on, and I probably say there's a fifth one here, which really should be like ground zero. Um, but those are the four things you need to build once you have this ground zero in place. But so you need to attract, convert, um, you know, serve and actually grow. But in order, before you can even do, before it makes sense for you to even pay attention to these four key things, there's a, there's a phase called build. And that's ground zero, okay? And when I say by build, in order for you to do any of these four things and for these four things to be done effectively or to actually reap any reward is you need to have a clear offer, 
this is building, this is ground zero. If you do not have a clear offer and you do not know the basis of how to close a client, none of this other stuff matters. So this is the first thing that's the most important for you is figuring out which business model is the right for you. Are you going to be, what kind of service are you going to be selling? What skill are you going to turn into an offer that you're going to sell? How do you package that offer? How do I now sell that offer and get my first paid client? Right? So many of us are so ready to like, Johnny to create this complicated marketing strategy or Johnny to grow my email list. And you're spending the 15 hours a week that you have available to your business working in the business when you don't even have a business to work on because you don't have a clear offer and you don't, you don't have paid clients. And does that make sense? And I think that's a really difficult thing to juggle. Like I feel like that took me uh, a year of playing around in these internet streets to even figure out that distinction that many people that we see online are teaching steps one, two, three, and four. But if ground zero is not there, these things don't matter. Or if you start doing these things and you may spend time doing these things, Jay, why am I not getting results with, with this? Jay, I keep creating these opt-ins. I'm spending all this time making these PDFs. Why is nobody opting in? Jay, I'm creating all this content on Facebook and posting on Instagram. Girl, I am everywhere on social media. Why is that not attracting clients who want to pay for me? Then I go back and ask, how does your ground zero look? Are you clear on what your offer is? Are you clear on what problem you solve? Are you clear on what promise you deliver? to your students. Are you clear on how to actually close a client? If the answer is no, it's like, uh, what? Let me tell you why you've been struggling here. All of these things are amplifiers. All of these up four, one, two, three, or four are amplifiers, but you can't amplify what does not exist. If there's no base level ground zero foundation laid, you can't build on it. These things are, are, are furniture. This is furniture for the living room, furniture for the dining room, furniture for the office, furniture for the egg. I don't know. But if you don't have the foundation of the house laid, what you building walls for? You ain't got the, the you're building walls on sand. And now we're about to get biblical. Now we're about to get biblical. I can't remember what verse it is, but it's about, you know, when you're building on rock versus building on sand versus I don't even know the full scripture. I'm going to have to call my fiance in here. Uh, but like you, you have to make sure that your ground zero is laid. So, um, you know, Malini, going back to your question or going back to your comment of, okay, Jay, how do I do this? Or right now I'm working on the business because I'm trying to niche down my offer and figure out what my service actually is. Your attention is exactly where it's supposed to be building the foundation. And I'm proud of you because you are giving yourself the permission to be focused on the season that you are in right now. And that is a very difficult thing to do. So kudos to you. Y'all throw up some hearts for Malene because she's actually doing what she's supposed to be doing right now. Um, and not out here trying to be, uh, you know, fast in these internet streets, doing things that, are, that aren't of biggest priority. And I think that kind of goes into the, the, once you understand so, so just let me know, is this making sense, guys? This episode was brought to you by my premium program, Services That Sell 2.0. Listen, running your own business comes with a lot of challenges. Converting clients does not need to be one of them. Creating content using live video will guarantee that you stand out from your competition. And packaging a high-ticket signature service ensures that you attract those high-end clients. You know, the ones who are ready to invest and eager to do the work. 
I created a masterclass training sharing the proven framework that hundreds of coaches and consultants have used to grow an audience of qualified leads rather than a list of lurkers. Visit jerishahawk.com backslash workshop to register for my next training on how to enroll high ticket clients consistently. Learn the proven strategy and simple process I teach inside of my premium program, Services That Sell 2.0. And let me tell you, it really does work. Visit jerishahawk.com backslash workshop today. So those are the things that you need to have that base level built. And also understand it's... um, I was just talking to my fiance about this as we were, we were driving back home from our work day about how, and this is something I was also talking to my mentor about the other day at dinner is um, I forget sometimes that we have small businesses. Like, and I think because I come from a corporate background and like, I know many of us come from a corporate background that sometimes, you know, when you're in a corporate environment, your environment is extremely structured right? There's procedures and processes in place. Things are extremely rigid. And if you don't follow the right step or if you don't follow the right process, you're like out of compliance or like you're doing something wrong. And none of us, why do I say that? Because if you're a small business owner, none of us are at the point yet where that level of structure exists. So because that level of structure does not exist, we do not like we have businesses that are very, you, you have got to be extremely nimble in your small business. Why? Because in 30 days, your whole business model might change. In 90 days, what worked may not work anymore. In 90 days, you may scrap every offer that you currently sell and, and cut them down and you start only selling one thing. Like your, your world is going to change so fast. And how you delegate in your time, how you spend your time, how you plan, what goals are actually a priority today, a week from now, they may not be a priority anymore. So then it's like going, like, then you have to shift your focus and shift your time to prioritize what matters most right now based off of everything else that's going on. And I I think it's something that, you know, this is the last thing I kind of want to leave you guys with. I think this is going to turn into like a, the soft skills of six figure success series or something. Um, and, and the differences that need to take place working on and in their business and just what all those facets need to look like is, uh, it's just, you have got to be nimble and like, you have to realize that like, I, I, I despise it when my students say this, but I get where the mindset is coming from. They're like, Jay, I feel like I'm starting all over. Jay, I'm starting all over. And like, they beat themselves up over it because they have to like, go redo something. And you're running a small business. You are in a constant state of refinement. Like you have got to just come to terms with like change is going to be happening quickly, rapidly, and often. It just is. It is. And just because things are changing does not mean something is wrong. Just because things are changing does not mean something is bad right? Typically in a work environment, if there's huge shifts and huge changes, there's normally because something happened. Like something typically happened, but you can't compare your small business to what these what you may have experienced in these large corporations because your level of structure and formality and like you're comparing your business that does twenty thousand, fifty thousand, ninety thousand dollars a year to a billion dollar organization. Like they're kind of on a different step. They're kind of like light years. They've worked through a lot of this tough stuff that you're going through right now. You just weren't there to see it. Um, so, you know, you don't realize sometimes that that's just part of the process that got them to where they are. 
So just understand like, and come to terms with the fact that things are going to be changing rapidly and what working on your business and working in your business and which one of those five things where it needs to be your focus or your priority today will change. So like Malene or anybody here, if you're not making 25K a year, you need to be focusing on build, like legit build. Because if you don't, you, the better you can clarify your offer, the better you can articulate the problem you solve, the better you can um, describe and communicate the promise that you deliver, you'll be able to sell just based off of that level of clarity. Like if you can just get clear on what it is that you do, what problem you solve, and what promise you deliver, you will sell accidentally. You'll sell talking to somebody at the grocery store. Like you ain't even got to be a beast at it, but you do need to know, then understand at least the basis of closing a client. But once you get that down and once you understand, okay, I've gotten that down. I know how, I know what problem I solve. I know what promise I deliver. I know how to close a client. Okay, then what's the next thing I need to focus on? These other four things that we talked about, your priority and the time delegation between those four things will shift on, okay, maybe I'm in a season right now where I need to focus on attracting leads. Maybe I'm in a season right now where I need to be um, attracting leads and figuring out what's the best medium for me to close. You know, like, and, and when I say that, it's like, okay, you may be closing clients on the sales call, but like maybe your conversion rate was 40%. So the next quarter, your main main focus might be how do I attract leads and then increase my conversion rate from 40 to 70 percent. Like it's it, these incremental enhancements can make such a huge difference in your bottom line. Um, and again, like so I just um, the, the kind of the first base level of understanding how do you develop these soft skills of, you know, six figure success, seven figure success for much where you ultimately want to be is you need to be able to understand uh, with the time that I have allotted to me right now, what do I need to be working on? Where does my focus and what is the biggest priority for me for my attention to be given to? Working in the business, working on the business. And based off of working in the business, on the business, how does my time allocation need to look like? And what's a priority for me to work on in my business right now? And what's a priority for me to work in my business right now? And what does that need to look like? So based off of kind of what you've heard today, it's like uh, identify which, which, and these four things, like I said, these things you may be doing two at a time, three at a time, you know, you're doing all of them at a time. Your time may be shifted between these things. But if, if ground zero is not there yet, pause on these. Pause on these. But once this is there, then you'll be fluctuating your time between these four things on a weekly, bi-weekly, monthly basis, okay? So does that make sense? So either you're doing one thing, but you got to get this one thing down right because if you, you got to have a foundation. You got to have something to stand on. Once you have something to stand on, then it's like, okay, when I'm focusing on attracting clients, what is the one area of focus that I need on to better attract clients? Is it, you know, making more powerful live stream videos? You know, how do I, you know, is it organic or is it paid? Like there's a bunch of questions you have to ask yourself in that. Converting, how do I now con increase my conversion rate? You know, sales calls were at 30%. How do we now increase that to 50%? That might be, how do I get better at qualifying my leads? How do I get better at attracting more qualified leads? You get like, there's all these questions. You have to figure out what the focal point is or the priority needs to be, but ground zero needs to be laid first, okay? Let me see if there's any questions. I see you guys have been commenting. And let me know, does this make sense? Like, does this make sense? Um, I know this is stuff that most, I know I, I don't see being talked about enough online when it comes to building a business. And I know we talk a lot about how do you sell, 
Um, but there's a lot of these soft skills that have to happen behind closed doors in order for you to be effective in your business. And, you know, these are the things that you, it's so important for you to build these skills. So important. Um, cause now that you understand the difference between working in and on your business, and we'll do this. And like, again, we're probably going to be talking about this for the next few episodes is okay. How do I now prioritize? Okay, Jay, I hear you. How do I now figure out what my focus should be and how do I prioritize and rank? How do I, you know, uh, create a time management plan for me to actually execute? Jay, how do I, you know, whatever it is, we can keep, we're going to keep talking about this topic, but just what are the other soft skills that come after this that are based on what we just talked about today? And Nicole Watson, uh, she also said, because I was getting anxious about not working in my business, forgetting that I'm actually learning to establish my business foundation. Yeah, I think many of us who are in the foundational period. Um, so closing clients happens in ground zero. Yes. Like you don't have a business yet until you've made money. Like I, I, I don't like at, at that point, if you have not converted a client and made a paid client, you're still in like the ideation phase. Like, um, like you're still in the, I don't want to call it a hobby, but you're still in the ideation phase because all you have right now is an idea until you validate that idea by getting a paid client until you have a paid client, we're still in idea phase. So absolutely ground zero. I'd say is like, I say for most people is getting you to a point where you're making like 25 K a year because all, like if you can't make 25 K in a year to me, we haven't fully proven the fact that there's a, a, a need, a, a demand for the thing that you're trying to supply. Right. So if you're making zero dial dollars, you're in ideation phase. So if your focus is if you're making zero or like you've only made 2K in a year or 5K in a year, it's like, how do we get you to a point where like there's a bit of certainty that there are people out there who want to pay for the thing that you want to do, but also that you have developed the skill set to, like I mentioned before, articulate who you solve the problem for, articulate what problem you solve, communicate the promise that you deliver and that you actually know how to close and sell the client. That's all building. That's all ground zero, right? Once you have those things down, you do not need to be focused on building an email list here. You do not need to be perfecting your canvas skill sets here. You do not need to be launching a podcast here. You do need to be like, you know, creating content consistently somewhere, but just do whatever is simple. Do not be spending I, this is my, again, this is what, this is just my recommendation. I would not be spending money on things that don't help you do these four things, right? Because if you don't have these four things down, everything else, you're not, it's going to be, you might go hire a marketing coach. This marketing coach is like, okay, what are you trying to market? You're going to be looking at them like, I don't know. What am I supposed to be marketing? They're going to be looking at you like, what? hold up. You need to have that part figured out. Again, you, that's your offer. What problem do you solve? What promise do you deliver? Result, what results can you anticipate for your clients? And do you know how to close them? And those things, like that is ground zero. So you should absolutely be, the goal is to make money in the build phase. The goal is to make money in the foundation phase. That was a really good question. Um, I hope that clarified up some things for everybody else on here too. Uh... So yeah, like anybody who's in the build phase, that's why I know many of you guys are chatting about that now. That's what we teach inside of services that sell. This is why I'm so passionate about what we teach inside of services that sell. Because if you, like, 
it's just, it's foundational. Like you have got to know how to package an offer, how to communicate an offer and how to sell it. Like this is, and that's what services that sell teaches you how to do. Um, Amanda, this is good. Amanda Jones said, this is something I've struggled with and have cut out two of my packages because I realize I'm trying to be a jack of all trades and a master of none. That is so, so true. Like, and I think something else that's important is when you're in the build phase, do what you already know how to do. Do what you already know how to do. Like, um, I think it's a, it's, it's interesting because I did the exact same thing when I first started my business. I tried to sell a service that had nothing to do, like that was adjacent to what my, where my skill sets were, but were far enough outside of my wheelhouse that it, I was in foreign territory. And that's a form of self-sabotage. Many of us think that the skills that we already have acquired and that we already have developed are not good enough. So because they're not good enough, we try to go create a business that is completely outside of the realm or the scope of what people know us for, what skill, what problems we're already good at solving, at solving, like all these things. We try to go do something that's completely outside of our wheelhouse. Like, like an example, like me trying to teach people how to launch a podcast. Like that, I'm not, that is outside of my wheelhouse. But it's like we will d- try to downgrade or downplay mentally what our skills are and that, they, that that's good enough, right? Or like, you know, we'll say like, you know, maybe I'm good at these things, but I'm not good enough at them for me to excel. So I'm going to go try something that I know I'm trash at. <laughs> or like, and again, this is like subconscious stuff that's happening. These are forms of self-sabotage. Something that you are a complete novice at. And then you go try to do something you've never done before and you wonder why it doesn't work out on the first try. It's because... Dude, you shouldn't have been trying to set that stuff in the, no, in the first place. Like, take the skills that you already have. What are you already good at? Like, you do not need to go. You do not need to reinvent the wheel. You don't. Like, you are not creating the cure for cancer. Like, the simple stuff is what sells. The simple stuff is what people still need to buy. Like, the simple stuff is still the stuff people are willing to pay for. Just are you really good at the simple things? Like, and what comes naturally to you typically is what's simple. But many of us downplay or like, oh, that ain't good enough. I can't teach that. It's like, dude, what you mean you can't teach that? Why not? Um, we, we be doing too much. We be doing too much. And we make, we make it harder for ourselves than we need to. And then when we make it harder for ourselves than we need to, we now create evidence that then proves that told you you weren't good enough to do this, told you you couldn't succeed at business. And it's like, that is a form of self-sabotage. So start with the skills you already have. Start with the problems you know how to already solve. Like, exactly. Like, is it making you money? Like, start with the things that you've already been paid to do in your job, in a previous place of employment. Start with the thing you've already gotten results for yourself with, gotten results for somebody else for. Like, start with what's already, like, what you already know. Um, so start with something you already have confidence in. Like, if you feel like you have no confidence in teaching something, it's like, well, why? Do, let, let's dissect this a bit here, right? Um, LaShayla said, what about Facebook ads during this time? If you are in building phase, I would not put a dollar in Facebook ads because Facebook ads goes into this attracting thing. And if you don't have the foundation, like, like if you can't sell organically, um, I think, I think you're going to struggle to sell when you've paid for it because now you don't even know who to put in the audience. You don't even know what type of copy to put in the ad because you don't know what sells. You don't know what language to use to convert clients. You don't know what language to use to pull in your ideal client because you don't know who your ideal client is. You don't know what offer you're selling. You don't know what promise you're delivering. Um, 
I'm not a fan of you. I think people use ads too pre prematurely. And the reason being is because it's like people think, oh, I'm going to just go pay to solve my problem. But if you don't have the basis, like, again, that foundational layer laid, and I mean crystal clear, like if you have not been able, uh, and this is generally speaking, there are very few exceptions to this that I've personally seen. So I'd say this is true for like 99.2% of y'all is if you're not making 25K in a year yet, I would not spend a dime on Facebook ads. And even when you're making 20, 30 K in a year, like, like I didn't start putting my, like, you know, let me think back before I made six figures, I was spending maybe a hundred dollars a month on ads and my only ad, they weren't ads. I was just, uh, making live stream videos and then boosting my live streams. I was not even doing ads back then. We didn't start doing ads until the business had brought in over $250,000 in revenue. Why? Because why am I going to spend, like, you don't have, an, and I don't know your financial situation, so I'm going to talk about mine. I don't have disposable income for me to be testing Facebook ads, for hiring a Facebook ads manager. You have to have money to test ads. Like, you need to normally have about 10 to 15K budget just to test, to figure out what's going to work. So it's like, that stuff is way down the line, way down the line, way down the line. Like, unless you got a sugar daddy, um, or, you know, you got a trust fund or you, your finances are just limitless and you just want to be playing out here with it by all means. Um, but if any of y'all like me, where I'm my own sugar mama, uh, where I don't have that type of disposable capital, no, 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 uh, no, 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 Like that money can be better used hiring a coach to help you sell organically. Um, I think people really like forget about organic sales and the power of organic sales. Like, 70, I'd say about 70% of our income right now is through organic sales. Organic sales. We do not pay for it. Um, about 80%, 70, 80% of our sales today is organic sales from our Facebook group, from, you know, DMs. Um, I don't know. If, I think Instagram just froze. Oh, we're back. You know, it's organic. Like you don't, and, you know, and we just crossed the half a million mark. Like we've been in business for it'll be three years in October. We have crossed over a half a mil in revenue that we've generated in those two and a half years. You don't need it. Like you don't need to be spending a ton of money on ads. I just like went on a soapbox about that, but like that's, it's not necessary. Um, so yeah. And Jermaine said, has boosting videos helped? Totally. Like, and that's something that we teach is a bonus inside of services that sell is um, like, you know, how to boost on a budget. Like, again, we're not going to talk ads is a whole nother beast. Like until you can hire somebody to teach you how to do ads, I would not pay for it. Um, until you have somebody teaching you how to do ads or, you know, like, again, you've hired a coach to teach you how to do ads, or you've watched the training on how to do ads. Do not touch ads. Y'all <laughs> don't, don't do it. Don't do it. It is not a, like people think ads like get rich quick scheme. Um, you're going to get schemed. Because, I mean, you don't, you don't, if you, you have to have the foundation laid. Um, you have to have the foundation laid. So, good. You guys are asking great questions. And I think Instagram is about to go down because uh, of my thing. But let me see if there's any other questions here on Facebook for you guys. Now I'm just looking for qualified potential clients. Okay. Let me see. 
Crystal said, how do you narrow down if you're good at a lot of stuff? Enroll in services that sell and we will show you. Like, that's the very first thing that we teach our students how to do um, is help them evaluate all the skill sets that they currently have and then help them identify which one of your skills would be best turned into a business opportunity. Because I think a lot of the time, many of us have these great ideas and we all have a ton of different skills that we could bring to the table that we could offer, but every skill isn't best turned into a service that you can sell. And I'm a really big advocate of you selling a four figure price tag. So $1,500 plus service out of the gate. So it's really like, how do we now identify out of the skill sets that you have, which one would be best turned into a high ticket offer that you can sell? And that is literally the very first thing that you do when you enroll in services that sell is module one, lesson one. How do we validate your signature service? And part of validating what your service should be is evaluating what skills you have and identifying which one of those ideas would be best turned into a business model. So um, that's a very, it's not a simple answer for me to give, but there's, we have a framework and a, and a methodology around how to guide you through that discovery process. Uh, these are really good questions. I, I, Kelly, I don't, re I recommend if you don't know, like she asked a good question. Do you recommend a marketing coach? I recommend sales coaches. Like if, and I'm not sure where, where are you at right now in your business and revenue? If you feel comfortable sharing it for the past year, like if you don't feel confident in sales and part of sales, so let me break this down. Part of sales is also understanding how do I qualify my lead? Cause that's part of sales. Part of sales is understanding um, how do I now align my marketing strategy with how my buyers make decisions. Many of us think about, well, this is how I want to market my business. This is how I want to market my services. Um, this is how I want to market myself. But you're forgetting about the most important person in the equation, which is your customer. And if you don't understand how your customer makes buying decisions, your marketing strategy is going to suck because you have to, you have to first understand how your um, clients make buying decisions. Like what is the process that they go through in order to make a buying decision? That is part of sales. And then you need to know how to close those. Like how do I now create content that aligns with the, the how buyers make decisions? And that's something that we teach inside of services that sells. How do you now align your, your content to align with how buyers make decisions versus you just making content and hoping they fall in line? It's like, no, how do you make content that anticipates how they're going to make decisions. And that's content that really does convert. That's because now you're aligning your content with how buyers make decisions. And then from there, how do we now close those clients? How do we get them to take action? How do we um, handle that sales conversation, that whole sales container to actually get them to make a decision? And then how do we guide them through that decision-making process to decide whether or not they want to work with us and whether or not we're the best fit to help them get the result that they want. So uh, Kelly, in your boat, like I've, I can almost guarantee a sales coach would be able to help you clarify those things more effectively than a marketing coach because a marketing coach is more about how do we get your message out to more people and getting your message out to more people. Um, if you don't understand how your buyers make decisions and you don't understand the sales psychology around how people make buying decisions. Um, and I, and honestly, most marketers that I've met don't teach that. Most marketers I've met do not teach sales psychology. Um, there may be some that do, but uh, I haven't come across any in my personal experience. But quite honestly, I, you know, if you're at 12K, like, and that's something maybe, and I don't know your full situation. I don't know what, where, where your gaps are in your business. Um, 
but based off of just like a little bit, I just learned off of the three comments you shared, like I would say it's more sales because you said I'm stuck on attracting clients. I have niched down. I've perfected my offer, my process. I'm just looking to qualify potential clients. Qualifying leads is a sales thing and how to make content like that. You need to first know how to qualify, what a qualified lead looks like, how to qualify a lead and understanding sales psychology. So then you can then go make marketing that does, that helps you accomplish those three things. But when you have clarity around those three things, then you can go tell a marketer, okay, this is how, this is what a qualified lead looks like for me. This is how I want to qualify my leads. And this is how I, um, like this is what my ideal client, this is the process they go through when they're making buying decisions. Then you give that information to a marketer and then they can help you make content to go do that. So I'd say again, for you, I, th I think it's sales first, marketing either second or third. That was a really good question, Kelly. Um, I think I answered all the questions, but I hope this was helpful, guys. Um, if it was, as always, please share this video on your timeline. Tag a friend in the comments who needs to watch this. Um, and, and the next few videos that we're going to do, we'll be talking more about these soft skills and the skill development for six-figure success. Um, kind of the stuff that has to happen behind the scenes um, from your mindset, your work ethic, how you prioritize your schedule and your planning process, um, those types of things in order for you to be effective in the frontward facing. So um, hope this helps. Like I said, if it did, share it. Because um, if it helps you, it'll probably help somebody else that you know. And as always, if you have, um, feel free, share some takeaways with me on Instagram stories. Um, you can tag me on your in or slide in my DMs and let me know what your top takeaway was. Um, and probably only the call to action for you guys. I know many of you guys might be in, if you're in the beginning stages of selling higher ticket offers, or if you're new to introducing a high ticket offer to your business, or you're like, Jay, just how do I figure out what, what my business model should be? Where should I start? Um, you can take my mini training called Sales Made Simple. It is the beginner's guide to selling high ticket services. So this will walk you through. It's a three-part training series. It's about 90 minutes long. It'll walk you through our, the methodology to help you figure out what your business model should be, what kind of service you should sell, and kind of where your attention should be right now so you can start introducing and selling your high ticket services consistently. Hey there, Hawk Hustler. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening today. If you are ready to turn your side hustle selling services into a profitable online coaching or consulting business, visit jerishahawk.com backslash workshop. Within just one hour of this free masterclass, yes, free 99, you will have a proven framework to convert not just better clients, but more clients who are willing to pay top dollar consistently. Visit jerishahawk.com backslash workshop and I will see you there.